Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Alrighty, hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Uh, this is your host, Jason Fernandez, uh, founder of Ad, co-founder of Adlunum. Um, this program is about um, sharing insights, strategies, uh, journeys of the thought leaders, movers, shakers, um, and of course, candlestick watchers. So uh, this program is brought to you by Adlunum, uh, the all-in-one Web3 investment ecosystem, uh, empowering early-stage startups from tokenomics to community growth, uh, VC fundraising, ideal launches, uh, and of course, unique to unique engaged to earn platform. Uh, we're transforming the way that investors experience the world of Web3 investing and dynamic NFTs uh, through our monthly Web3 pitch arena. Uh, we're also bridging the gap between innovative startups and venture capital. So let's dive right into it. Uh, before we begin, there are a few announcements. Um, views on this program belong to those of the speaker and thoughts shared are meant for educational purposes only. Uh, feel free to use the reaction buttons uh, as you hear gems from our speakers uh, at the end of the program. We'll open it up for Q&As, um, and your questions can be sent across to our Twitter account at Adlunum Inc. Um, so today, uh, we have a, a really, really interesting guest, uh, Mary Camacho of Holochain. Um, uh, uh, Mary is a social scientist by education with a master's degree from the University of Chicago. Um, she's been a leader, founder, and executive in the telecom firms for over 20 years and has advised many startups in strategy, funding, and product development. Uh, of course, most, most, uh, most of y'all know her for her work at Holochain. Uh, Holo is, of course, built a peer-to-peer application framework, uh, of course, Holochain, which is driving innovation at the edge uh, with P2P marketplaces cloud hosting services. Uh, Mary, if you could uh, maybe unmute and uh, perhaps introduce yourself. I, I'm sure uh, everybody else uh, would love to hear from you as well. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me, Jason. Um, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here today and chat with you guys. So yeah, as you guys know, um, I've been the executive director of the Holochain Foundation and also the CEO of Holo. Um, Holochain is the the framework for building truly peer-to-peer distributed applications. And this is something that is uh, works without the need for incentive tokenization. So it's a little different than, than a lot of the other blockchain type technologies out there, but it works really great uh, as a companion technology to what things are, you know, to a lot of the projects that are uh, working out there in the space today. And then Holo is actually pre, pre-launched still. Holo is a hosting platform built on Holochain. And Holo is about connecting those truly peer-to-peer applications, which by default don't work on our current internet, which is quite centralized. Um, and it bridges them so that folks can like be on the internet as well as peer-to-peer direct uh, offline uh, and, and still be connecting you know, with other folks because the whole world hasn't moved to that that uh, that new way of networking yet. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to. Um, and I'm really thrilled to be here talking about how data can be more decentralized and use truly peer-to-peer power. Uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been actually following Holochain for a while. I just checked, uh, turns out I think I connected with uh, with you on LinkedIn, maybe a couple of years ago, when I first mm-hmm. when it first came up on my on my radar, uh, one of the things I thought was interesting, and again, c- correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I from what I understand, the difference between sort of holochain and traditional uh, blockchain is while blockchain more uh, uh, records a transaction, holochain actually sort of um, uh, shares the data itself. So it's sort of Blockchain requires confidence in the central authority, which is the miners. Whereas uh, with with holochains, you have the the people actually have access to the data itself uh, on a peer to peer system without needing to sort of trust miners to have verified that data and just that it's okay. Is is that about right? Is uh, and, and, and yeah, and is Holo built off a a DAP built on holochain? Is it, am I am so I so. Yeah, let, let me try to dive into that a little bit. So um, definitely, you, you've got the, the the right thinking approach to what you're saying. Holochain is a data integrity engine. It really is that uh, it flips how we think of 
uh, data in the sense that it starts from the user's perspective. So every piece of data that enters a Holochain application starts with an individual um, agent putting data into the system. And it, it basically happens locally and then gets distributed or published into what is the shared space that the, the application has. And, and that, that kind of throws everything on its head, really, because almost whether it's blockchain or whether it's any other application uh, platform or uh, ways that we think about building applications in the world today, data is centralized. Data goes into a database. We, we have all these ways of thinking about it. Even the ways that we know to design systems start with data in the middle and data is primary. And with Holochain, we're saying, no, users are primary, agents, people are primary, and all data actually has provenance from an agent. And so it really transforms the way we can architect processes, the way that we can solve collaboration um, issues. Ev everything really is, is kind of turned on its head a little bit. Now, the, the question you asked about uh, validation and miners, that's, that's true. It doesn't require a different set of people doing validation in order to have the centralized data be valid, but it does have a validation mechanism. And that is that everybody who is a participant in an application is also the validator of the data. So when you put your data in to your own source chain, it's considered valid by default on your source chain. But when you publish it out into the shared space, it gets validated by others. And that means that they have basically the set of rules that you have about the applications. They have the same, everybody has the same validation rules. Um, it's no different than you think of like a smart contract. Everybody has to compare the, the rules on the smart contract to see if the transactions are valid. That's what validators are doing. Well, you're doing that in a peer-to-peer -peer holochain application as well. It's just that every person is able to do that for the data that goes in. Now, of course, one of the things that's very different is that every person in a 2,000-person application doesn't need to validate every single transaction because that is just overkill in many in many instances right. and so what you have is that it goes out to a a random set of peers on the application and that's who does the validation one uh, one I, go ahead yeah go ahead so 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 a random set of peers is basically selected uh um so even though everybody is in theory a validator only a random sort of selection is chosen and and based off of that, is a transaction validated? Yeah, and a transaction, yes, and it continues on because it continues to be gossiped. And you can have things that cause validation area er errors at different points. But the, the big difference here is that Holochain's built to, to serve all sorts of different purposes. We're not just talking about money in the construct of tokens and those types of transactions. A lot of things that you might be validating are basically just that somebody is chatting in a chat app or somebody is playing a game and they took a move in a game or somebody is drawing something in a collaborative uh, canvas with another uh, with a group of people. So everything that's happening in an application is cryptographically signed by the person, by the agent who's putting that data into the system and then everybody's doing the validation on that. And when it goes out there, the, the app each application can have a different um, kind of set of validation rules. You literally could configure an application, have everybody have to validate, um, and every it could be 100% validation. It's just that not every application requires that. It would just it would just basically slow down the system and sort of lead to redundancies and things, right? Um, yeah. the The thing is, is that it's. It, I think I think you might be thinking about it a little bit different because data is not in the center of it all and isn't so, considered. Uh, so just out of curiosity, I know we talked about we jumped right into the the technology, right? Um, but I'm yes, we sure did. <laughs> about also about sort of how you got into this. Like, what was the sort of moment that that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's you sort this of goes back a while. I mean, we. Um, uh, you know, blockchain uh, and Web3 as a technology, mm -hmm. like how you actually get into the world. 
Sure. Well, back back in 2017, 2016, I think was the first time I started getting involved. And uh, it really wasn't through with Holo. Well, it was with Holo and Holo Chain, but um, then sort of in parallel, I was also working in a nonprofit that received uh, donations uh, that were in Bitcoin. And that was the beginning of things. And I, at that point, you know, we received a don't, or we were told we were receiving a donation and we didn't have any way of managing it. So suddenly it was, uh, it was dive in or, or, um, you know, don't take the donation. And so we dove in um, and I was the person that kind of set up all the wallets and, and managed to figure out how everything worked back in those days. Um, I had heard of it, of course, but I just hadn't been involved. And then with Holo, in Holochain, um, this was really a much, much longer, um, uh, you know, journey and story. I, I have uh, been partners and and business partners and friends with some of the technical co-founders of the project for going on twenty five years, and so the the project has roots uh, in community currencies. Uh, what what a oh, there's a project that came before that was called the Meta Currency Project. And so it's been this thing that's been evolving. And in 2016, um, Arthur Brock came uh, out to Denver, Colorado, where I was living. And, and he said, I think, I think we're ready. And I started looking through the project with him and uh, said, I think this is the right time. This is when, you know, everybody, the world is also ready for this. And uh, that was when I really jumped in. Uh, uh, and uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. Wow, that's a that's a really interesting journey. What were you doing before, you know, uh, Web3? What was it sort of prior? <laughs> yeah, I was just curious because, you know, a lot of people. So one thing I've noticed is that depending on where people come into Web3, the approach that they take is very different. So, for example, like people come in from the investments space and then, of course, you know, they'll, they'll be looking at like things like launch pads and things. And you have the developers, they tend to look at, you know, uh, layer one chains. So I'm curious, like, you know, what was the genesis for you? Yeah, well, it's interesting because my role in organizations, I've, I've been a leader and executive in, in technology organizations since the 90s. And um, a lot of it has been startup, but I've also worked in the enterprise. And in the enterprise, I worked in telecommunications. I worked in mobile telecommunications and I worked in CDN. Uh, and so I, I often uh, kind of cut across uh, a wide swath of different business units because I had the the broader background of the tech plus operations and finance. And coming together, I ended up in a lot of product delivery, product development, uh, leadership uh, roles in in those years. And also, you know, the like having to like figure out how do we take something to market? So my product development background is probably the thing that I've leaned on the most, that and the operations, because really as, as a company that's doing a lot of R&D, we're trying to put a technology out that just hasn't been built before. We've been iterating on how do we produce this? How do we get this to market? How do we actually know that this is going to connect all the dots that are needed out there? And how do we have people who have ne who've never heard of this work who don't understand this work how do we have them wrap their head around it so that they can begin either developing it delivering it uh, working in a marketing team supporting it um, because it's not like it's the same as a lot of the layer ones or it's not like the same as a lot of the marketplaces that are out there when when you already have models for what something is it's much easier to bring a team around it and actually generate um, you know the the alignment the understanding and in such a great way with Holo and Holochain, it has been so community-led because it started with purpose. And then the purpose really rang true for so many people about what needed to be accomplished. And we just have some incredible technologists that were um, able to get the initial team building and little by little, it was a, it was a you know, word of mouth spread um, of, of what was going on and it grew rapidly in the first year we did a crowdfunding that was quite successful and then we did our community offering which you know our ico 
And it was a very limited ICO in a lot of ways. We were um, trying to make sure that the folks who were most engaged in our community had access to it. So we were really going against the tide because at the, at the time, you know, it was very much a whale-driven <laughs> type of approach was what everybody was doing. We did no pre-sale. Um, uh, ahead of our ICO, it was really focused on giving all the opportunity to the folks who were participating. Um, like we we had the 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 saying, the crowd. Um, you know, we were really focused on our crowd. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's funny because when you when you initially answered this question, you were sort of focusing on your product and um, and operations experience. But like the one thing that I think about when I think about Holocene is is the community because the community of, is just so massive and large. Um, and yep. engage, and so I'm. So I I know the building that community would have been massively challenging just in and of itself. If like if if you didn't have to worry about anything else, uh, the technology which is you know substantial. Uh, so I'm curious about that community, and 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 you also mentioned you know sort of uh, the way you guys chose to do your public sale as being you know very democratic and not not having a private sale at all. And so I'm also interested in learning more about that because at Ludum, you know we're we're launched um, uh, one of the things that's our focus is sort of democratizing access to, uh, you know, ideals. Because what ends up happening is, you know, you have you have power concentrated in a really small number of people in the crypto space, and retail investors really are never very. You know, um, yeah, you know, for projects that are, that are launching tokens and things. So, yeah, I'm curious how you grew your community and you kept them engaged. Yeah, that's it's it's been a journey, really. Um, you know, we we have, I, th I think, because we started with purpose, and and let me kind of step back and sort of recontextualize a little bit. When when Holochain came into this, you know, we were really looking at the internet. Like the internet's broken. Like there was this idea back in the day of this massive possibility around a democratized internet. Web one was about people getting together, connecting. Yes, it has some roots in like different academia, um, defense, what all, all those different things. But when it really started taking off, it was because people were connecting person to person. And you had uh, a lot of things were even, and there was this promise of a democratized space online. And it was great. And it had challenges in terms of usability, of course. And as those challenges around usability were solved, what we started to see was technologies that built platforms. Well, platforms was basically Web 2, and it, it kind of transformed the kind of open uh, opportunity space, the democratized space of the Internet, into this closed uh, set of applications where a few people could concentrate power, right? And so for us, when we were coming at like this conversation or this issue of the internet is broken and something needs to be done, we weren't coming at it just with the concept of money needs to be democratized. We were coming at it from the perspective of words, our agency, our data, our identities, all of this needs to be democratized. And so it, it kind of was that when you start with something that's so fundamental to what people want, you are able to tap into a core, a set of values, a set of principles that people say, yes, this is, this is what I'm looking for. This is what should be. This is what we want to see more of in the world. And that's, that's where we were as humans, right? That's where those, this small group of people that started were. It's where the next group of people that started to get on board and support the work early on before we even did a crowd sale for Holo, before we even did the ICO. And it very much was just in line with the commitments that we had. And so it, it took off in a way because it was more like a movement and less like a business. And I think that, you know, we, we saw that after the ICO, 
oh, well, now we're building this thing that has been promised. And yes, we had all the foundations for it. We had uh, much of the work of what the architectures needed to be and, and the ideas for it. But the challenges of the R&D to, to get it down and get it built were huge. So when you talk about this as a journey and, a, and like something we've had to sort of work through, work on over the years, you're, you're absolutely right. Because it has been disappointing that it's taken so long in some cases and aspects our com of our community have, have at times been 100% behind everything that's been going on and then other times going, we feel forsaken, we feel lost um, and that you, you're not actually delivering on, on this promise. And, and the reality is, is that it, it, we, we are and to the degree of like meeting expectations and time, we haven't always. And that's just, a, it's a tough conversation. We can be responsible for it, but it doesn't make it change. And so the, the, uh, the world of like working with, we even say communities, because it isn't just like one group of people, this amorphous singular thinking group of people. It's there's local communities, there's communities that have different affinities, there's different communities of language um, and geography, and all of these things um, are part of what we welcome and what we really want to foster in the space because it, it actually lines up even with what we're trying to say is needed, which is that there isn't one place where all the conversations need to be and that everybody needs to align about everything or agree with everybody about any, everything. There actually is room and necessity for spaces that work for different groups of people to accomplish things, to work together and collaborate. And yes, we need to have interactivity across those things, but they aren't the same and they shouldn't have to all be the same. People can opt into different groups. People can opt into uh, communities that they choose to and operate according to different sets of rules. And this is this is actually very difficult to do when you have things like social media today, where it's a platform that sets you know, millions of people are all supposed to be on the same platform, abiding by all the same rules, as if that's what they want. It's not necessarily. So there's benefits you get from those scales, but there's also so much that you lose in human activity and uh, human coordination. Uh, so, so with Holochain, we're saying, hey, we think it can be done differently. And so a little bit is that we're trying to operate in some of the same ways that we're trying to build systems that will help us operate. You know, that's, that, that's a really interesting perspective. I noticed that you guys are listed on uh, Binance and Gate, Bybit, like all these massive, you know, exchanges. Um, what is the, uh, how do you guys balance the sort of hype cycle? I know uh, what I'm referring to specifically is, is Holocoin. Uh, um, uh, whole, uh, I, I believe it's HOT uh, is, is a token. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how do you guys balance the sort of uh, the hype cycle? Because, you know, building something is, is a really substantial thing. It happens very linearly. It's a, it's a slow sort of growth. But when you have a token that's, you know, being traded on a daily basis, it's, it's almost like, like you have to manage the hype cycle independently of the development cycle, even though one sort of feeds into the other. I'm just curious what your, you know, your thoughts are on that. Yeah. Um, well, that's, you know, that gets to the sort of the difficulty and the expectations and setting and all that. Um, one of the things is we, we've got really clear about uh, our communications in terms of what we were doing in development. We tried to be very uh, transparent about what was happening in our development cycle, what was being done at every given moment, what was our, what were our challenges, where we were stuck, where we needed to like, where we were making breakthroughs, where we were hitting milestones. Um, we really didn't jump into the hype game around the token. We've been very, very careful not to participate in that. We don't play uh, the prospecting games much with our token. Our token's are available on a couple of um, platforms where it can be used to pay for things, but you really don't find it much on platforms that are, for instance, doing staking or things like that. And part right. of that is, is that we know that it has a future in our platform when it, when it will be um, basically become fuel for hosting. And we've been 
kind of holding out like this is this is what you're waiting for and we've been kind of guiding people along the process of what it takes to build this as we go now certainly as with anything there have been ups and downs of the token price and we haven't really um we haven't really uh tried to shift any of that you know we we don't we don't do anything we're not out there doing market making we're not out there trying to kind of lift the price in those ways we want the we want our token to have value because it's it's fundamental to what it means to do distributed hosting and right now it's you know we we think that's great it's it's low because the market's low it was high when the market was high we understand that it's being you know moved by the gravity of the market until holo hosting is out there in the world working and then in that shift with that dynamic it will be really grounded or like moved by the gravity of like the value of hosting and so this is the conversation we had it's it's what we wrote in our green paper it's what we said was going to happen and we just really have been reiterating and maintaining that that level of the conversation across the years that we've been building and you know it's tough i'm sure i'm sure it's not been sufficient for some of the folks who have been um you know token holders at different times during our project but we also have an incredible incredible loyal community of token holders who know that this is what it takes to build something transformative this is what it takes to build something real and and innovative and so we're just super grateful for you know all of the all of the folks in in that community and the token holding community that have been with us all this time so really appreciative yeah, it's really unfortunate that there's so much contagion in the industry um, and that you can have, you know, a very legitimate business uh, that's building something, you know, um, uh, and, and providing value. But then, you know, something can hit the market and all these tokens behave, you know, uh, in, in such a similar manner, uh, almost independent of what their true utility is, the original utility is in, in the first place or whether that utility, you know, still holds. And yeah. And, um, and yeah, so that's really it's really unfortunate. But I mean, what a lot you mentioned staking. A lot of the companies that you know sort of uh, focus on staking a lot, uh, almost like, well, there's some that focus it all, all, focus on it almost as uh, as 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 their entire business strategy. And I think that comes from sort of uh, uh, maybe being a, a little bit um, uh, concerned about their own utility in their token. Because a lot of these guys, their token hasn't, you know, their token isn't isn't doesn't have any utility at, at present. Um, and so what they're trying to do is 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 control price by, by yeah. giving it the utility of just staking, right? But that's but yeah. that's not true utility. And I think for, what you guys want to focus on is you you see this as um, as like you said, fuel uh, for hosting. So that that's that would be like similar to, you know, um, uh, would it be a very similar to sort of like decentralized web hosts that are that are that are coming out? Would that be sort of uh, the hollows? Uh, part of the as a dap on on holochain um yeah i mean like it, they're basically all all holochain applications it, well, let, let me step back because we were talking about the technology earlier and there was one piece that i i didn't say that i think is really important um mm -hmm. and what that is is that holochain isn't a single holochain right every application is a holochain it is the whole thing and so each application is its own dap and it doesn't require anything else you can build it and you can just install it on computers and you can just run it it doesn't require um anything else it doesn't require you know the the smart contract to be running up on the internet it doesn't it doesn't need that you install it the only thing that you have to do is have a bootstrap so that you have trusted way in, you know for users to come into the yeah, application in. and yeah exactly and that's that's standard with peer-to-peer -peer. um but but the once they're in once they're connected that's that's not even something that's required at a centralized level which is really fabulous right but what it is is that a lot of things that we want to do are connected to the internet there there is a lot of utility there uh, to to being able to connect functionally usably to the internet there's a lot of services there's a lot i mean just think about like getting receiving an sms to your phone or you know doing a notification on you know connecting into your computer connecting into apis or oracles and pulling other data into your application there's so many other ways so one of the things that holo as a hosting um 
uh, company will be doing is, is really providing gateways for peer-to-peer applications to have access to all those other things that are out there. And it also provides a way to have users who just want to go to a browser because that's what they're used to. It's what they've been doing. You know, maybe your grandmother doesn't want to install an application she's never heard of and wants to just go up to the browser and type something in and know that this is how I can you know, use the application or talk to my granddaughter or something like that. Um, these are these are real adoption issues when you're talking about trying to move a a, a world from a, a centralized approach to something to a completely distributed approach. Right now, a lot of what we're doing with crypto, it really hasn't hit mainstream. I mean, yes, there's there's lots of people involved, but. There are real, there are fundamental usability barriers still. And with Holochain and with some of the work that we're doing that's like kind of connected on the side with Holo, we're trying to address some of them. And and these include really important things related to identity, key management, because the the reality is is that the the thing that makes crypto hard, the thing that makes dApps hard, the thing that makes even Holochain hard right now is key management. We're talking about cryptographic keys and the management of those keys and centralized applications and platforms, they've been managing all that for everybody for decades and making it seem easy they just we just have also been giving up a lot for them to do it but when we can make key management be something that individuals can use um then they can truly be in control of all of their systems and they won't be worried that oh i just lost my keys now i don't even know where my i i can't even get access to my email my twitter my whatever my um, you know, my my peer-to-peer messaging app, my game apps, my banking, my, you know, my, my crypto, anything. Because when you lose your keys, it's fundamental. And right. people don't want to risk that right now. So things like that are part of what we're working on and that we know requires both the peer-to-peer tech and the, the sort of the bridging into the centralized systems um, to get this done. And so that's a lot what we're trying to do um, with the business side of these things. Yeah, because I think one of the biggest um, problems in sort of blockchain with me is just the integration. It's so complex. Like DeFi applications, for example, are just so are just so complicated for the average person to to use. Uh, and and even if one figures out how to use it, it's almost it's so 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 difficult to figure out. You know, even when some of these uh you know audited uh, DeFi applications, whether they are indeed you know because almost every DeFi protocol has at some point in time or the other. Uh, uh, you know, had quite significant concerns from hackers. So I'm curious uh, when when you when it comes to infrastructure projects building on Hollow Chain, with the exception of Hollow, which I believe, which is which is uh, sort of like uh, blessed by Hollow Chain itself, right? Uh, with the exception of that, how do you how do you guys sort of motivate developers to build uh, on Hollow Chain? Do you guys use uh, and when you're mm-hmm. launched, like do they launch on, you know, like launch pads? Do you all have launch pads? You guys are partnered with? I'm just curious about that part as well. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've just been kicking up. I mean, so Holochain just got to beta this year. Um, we just reached our our, our beta one release in in January, February of this year, and so we really kicked up the work to uh, to bring awareness to the developer communities. Obviously, we had an active development community that's been uh, uh, working with us during alpha but um, really we're we don't ins- there's not a whole lot of big incentivized systems but what we've been doing is building the sorts of tooling that developers expect and want to use so for example we have a scaffolding tool that has a developer be able to build an application um, very quickly, very easily. If, if, if developers are familiar with Ruby on Rails, um, there was a time uh-huh. that Ruby just became the, the um, you know, 
development. Language, yeah. yeah, the development language that people wanted to teach in. And it's because they built developer tools that had people be able to get an application built so quickly, so easily. It let them, it was rapid application development. And that's the sort of thing that we're building. And so we have one already. So when you go to developer.holochain.org as, as a developer to get started, um, you can find you can find that there. And it it really, you can use it just right on the command line and you just answer questions and then suddenly you have an app working. And when you have the app working, you also have this playground. You can actually visualize and see what's happening in your application. It, it does the work to have people go, oh, okay, I get it. Now, now that, now that, I mean, immediately out of the gate, I can have an application where I can make a change in one and see it in the other with two different agents working immediately. And that's pretty profound. Um, when it comes to building more complex apps, they're getting a lot of help from our development teams and our larger community of developers. We have a developer education program that we've been running, which is an immersive program. We have a lot of community um, activities and, and uh, hackathons, which are, we call them hackathons, but I'll, I'll be really blunt, they're not. They're not the kinds of things that people are used to seeing at a hackathon. Our hackathons are these amazing community gatherings and education spaces where people get inspired, start collaborating, meeting new people, building out their apps, learning how to architect. They're, they're, they're just fabulous weekend events. Um, and even in the last couple of months, um, we started doing these DAP in a day uh, sort of workshop sessions to help get people started as well. And we're new, now we're moving all of those online. So really it's an effort that is about awareness to developers because there's so much interest. You know, Holochain is built on Rust. It works with Wasm. It works with JavaScript frameworks, front-end frameworks. You're building applications similar to the kinds of applications that you want to build, whether it's to play a game, whether it's to do a collaboration tool, whether it's to support, you know, your local community club soccer team to do something. These are the sort like these are the applications that open source developers like to build anyway. And so when they find us, they're like, oh, cool, here's a community of people that are fantastic to work with, have developer tools and are working in technologies that are familiar. And so it really is, um, I, I think we're like an automatic sort of fit for a lot of people who wanna get started in development. So it sounds like you're saying, um, in contrast to, com to companies like, let's say, Polygon and, you know, Neo Protocol, that essentially just use uh, a very large grant program and then the uh, <laughs> direction of those grants uh, to, to build, you know, to, to inspire people to develop on their, on their network. Your focus is more like essentially just providing a really uh, comprehensive developer framework and, and, and easy to understand something that they're familiar with based off of, you know, um, Ruby and being able to develop an application. So essentially providing something that just is more useful uh, as right. opposed to, you know, just giving them a bunch of money and saying, okay, well, it's not as useful perhaps, but right. you know, make, it, make it work because here's a bunch of money. We're definitely, we don't have a grant program out there right now. I mean, we'd love to be able to to do some funding for those sorts of things in the future. And we, we most likely will, but we don't, we didn't, when we did our ICO um, for Holo, we didn't, um, we didn't, um, raise that the kinds of funds that would allow for that. You know, we didn't do the thing that Protocol Labs or Polygon did to, in terms of the levels of the raises that they they were doing. And in some ways, it's because we are still committed to that broad community sort of activation uh, approach to things. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not contributing to building things. Um, we we are we we are supporting it by we are uh, you know paying into certain groups of labs and development groups to build certain types of things. But if you think of it more like when an app store gets um, put onto uh, a technology, a phone or a computer uh, of some sort, you have to have a certain level of applications out there that people can see and experience, use as a demo to, to, to kind of set the expectation of what's possible with um, a, a technology. And those are the sorts of things that we're doing. So we have Kanban boards, for example, and we have another app that really uh, worked great for developer teams to do 
their their retros at the end. We have uh, email apps and messaging apps that people can try out. A lot of these are in prototype states. Some of them are in demo states, and we're we're really intending to build things out at different levels. So there's different um, opportunities for people to play. One of my favorite apps that we use, we dog food with it, but we also use it as a demo. It's called Acorn, and it's really a dependency tree. So you can use it for project management or strategy development, um, those kinds of things. It's very collaborative. You can kind of, you know, move things around real time. This is one of the big differences with Holochain. When people actually use an app, it is automatically something that is functionally usable and intuitive for them. Um, and that's, it, they sometimes have a harder time distinguishing like, oh, wait, really, this is peer-to-peer? -peer? There's no server in, in the middle? And, and that's the kind of aha moment when you realize there's no middleman. There's no company, you know, kind of inter, inter like Gaging. intermediary holding your data. It's fantastic. So it's like direct, no gatekeeping, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so you mentioned uh, earlier sort of uh, uh, being able to get data from multiple different agents. And you also sort of touched on very briefly on the concept of agent centricity. So could you maybe elaborate on that? Is that the same as sort of prioritizing individuals uh, within a blockchain? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, you know, with Holochain, you, we, we call it agent centric because all the data provenance starts at the individual um, and people get to opt in. But the minute you realize that you're opting in, you realize that you're also opting into a peer-driven um, space. And so I don't know that I would call it all just focused on the individual so much as focused on the group because it's really socio-centric. Every application is more focused on the dynamic of groups and what do different groups agree to be doing together, right? Because if, you know, one of the things, uh, and I didn't, I didn't quite use this language earlier, but we, we like to talk about, um, you know, walking away or forking is how it gets talked about, you know, in GitHub or in, in crypto a lot of times. But the idea that even with groups where you're doing things and collaborating, you always have the option to keep your data and walk away and you could go create a different group. You, you, you can take that application, you can take your data and you can go do it different. You can change the rules. Basically you fork the application by changing the rules. What you do may no longer be valid in the original group, but you may have another group of people that thinks it's completely valid and that you can go and, you know, suddenly be whatever, playing a different game with that group of people. This is what we think is important. It it's, it's actually, if you think about it, it's playground dynamics, <laughs> right? This is how we as human right. beings work in the real world. That's so that's really fascinating. I'm curious in terms of, you know, games. So I, I, I advise a couple of game projects. So I'm curious, like, if there's space for, you know, gaming projects on uh, on Holochain, what sort of value could could um, you know a game get a game get mm -hmm. rather of uh, for building on that and would that be something that they would basically integrate with their current existing blockchain? So also, uh, how does sort of Holochain play nice with other uh, blockchains yep. and uh, interoperable yep. with them and so on? Absolutely. So um, that's we, there's some ways that we have done some some prototypes and some demos, and we're getting ready to build. We're, we're in in development on another uh, piece that I can I can mention briefly here. But it's really easy. I mean, the the in terms of how we interoperate with. Uh, blockchain technologies. It's it's as simple as we use the same cryptography as blockchains do, so we can validate the cryptography on both sides of things. So you can just easily bind your wallet to your Holochain agent. You can do token gating into applications um, with crypto wallets. You can um, do all of that sort of stuff. Now, what what makes it really interesting is that um, when when you're talking about gaming, Holochain right now, I would say, is is super uh, prepped for like um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, sorry, I just went blank. Um, Turn-based games. So I'm there's there's a way that there's a way that we have built quite a few different turn-based games, Go, chess, things like that, um, already as demos on Holochain, and that's really really um, it it transforms things because you don't need to use 
tokens to incentivize the gameplay itself. You can use tokens in other ways that you may want to incentivize uh, the winnings or the, you know, that the, the things like that. Specific right. within, the, within the game. Exactly, path. exactly, exactly. Um, one of the things we're doing right now, we've, we've got some prototypes out that show uh, basically how to bind in and use it with a minting NFT uh, type of uh, project. We're, we're working with the RAIN protocol on some, some things, and we're, we're doing a build-out right now of a game that we're going to be using as a demo when we go to some conferences. And it's fabulous because it's, it's uh, you know, it, it has the whole way, way to play the game and the way to, like, mint NFTs and then also sort of the fractal claims and everything uh, at the end of it. So uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be showcasing that a little bit later this year, and uh, it'll be really exciting for, for really kind of showing off a bunch of different techniques you can use with Holochain uh, alongside uh, blockchain. You know, speaking of showcasing, we're, we're coming up to toward the end of this like really, really fun conversation uh, for me. But I wanted to start, and, 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 and very soon I sort of want to go into your thoughts sort of broadly on the market. But before we get there, mm -hmm. um, I was just curious if you had anything that you wanted to like sort of uh, point out with regard to, you know, what's coming next for Holochain? What are some of your, your, your focuses? And, and maybe one of yep. some of your, you know, uh, case studies of, of you yep. know, success. Yeah, so we're doing uh, this this these next six months. We are just going to be everywhere. Actually, uh, one for one thing, we're going out to a lot of events. We'll be working deeply in some of the identity workshop events this fall. We're going to be at a couple of blockchain uh, Web three events. We'll we'll be in London. Uh, at the Zebu Live, we're going to be up in the Nordic area. We're all over Europe, especially right now. Um, and then we'll be back in the U.S. in in, in October. We also have one of our immersive um, uh, trainings starting up. We're still taking applications for that. You can find all of this information on our website on holochain.org. And if you go to the events page, it's just slash events. Uh, you'll find all of the, the ways to, to get involved in, and attend some of these. We haven't announced it, but we're also going to be having like two or three uh, hackathons that are happening again in the next three months. So uh, there's just a, a ton of activity going on. There's a ton of building going on right now. And so we'll just keep showcasing things on our video, on our ecosystem sessions and, and all of that. But we're really focused on getting the word out and being in developer spaces uh, in particular for the next few months. Yes, everybody definitely follow, you know, Holotrain and, and, and the work that they're doing. And I think I lost you. Maybe you got muted. Oh, yeah, I was. Um, thank you for that. Um, no, so, oh, sorry, curious. Um, about uh, your thoughts on the general market it, it's, um, and, and you know we've seen this sort of Jimmy Carter's general malaise creep in to the, um, uh, to the whole industry uh, and, and I'm curious whether you think you know are we on the road out of that um, and, and, and how oh. long it will take? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that this is my sweet spot really to be doing predictions on but um you know it's it's really interesting because we've been kind of living through this with you know most of the other projects in this space for the last 4 or 5 years and uh it's it's tough when it gets you know when it goes down and and the communities lose like the energy the thing is is that's it's not just happening in this in this particular web3 right. crypto space it's it's really been happening everywhere and i think it it kind of was uh you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's sort of the financial situation that we're in. It's part of what we're saying. It isn't working to some degree with the financial systems uh, globally and, and how they don't necessarily like really have things work for those people who are either at the bottom or in the middle uh, as well as they do for the people at the top because, you know, this this downturn hasn't really affected nearly as much the the folks in the in the higher echelons and so i like for me i'm hopeful um i i always have a, a grain of skepticism but i'm hopeful that we've turned a corner and then we're going to be seeing things ease up a little bit for for people but i'm even more hopeful because i just keep seeing the levels of innovation that i think 
along with the commitments and and the movements out there for saying things things have to change we actually have to make sure that the world works for everybody and not just for the few and and so for me I, i'm not really good at predicting in the markets going up or down but but i am hopeful that as as societies um and and communities that that we're going to keep you know Putting, putting something forward and caring for each other and making it better for more people. That's what I'll leave it with. Understood. So uh, we've had some questions, but a lot of them on the, on the Adlinum Twitter uh, space, but a lot of them have actually been answered by Hesu from Holochain. So I definitely wanted to give him a shout out and, and, and say thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really amazing. I think the, the amount of interest and sort of genuine, you know, organic interest that's that, uh, that 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 is around this. Uh, by the way, moving moving back to kind of what you were saying, I think I think the people in the higher echelons, uh, from a financial perspective in this industry, are keeping their powder dry for things to get really bad, so they can get deals. Uh, and so it's 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 this is exactly what's happening, right? So a lot of a lot of VCs, uh, a lot of crypto VCs that were previously investing in early stage companies, uh, and yeah. now uh, sort of shifting gears and saying, hey, you know what? Let's take some OTC deals in companies that already have tokens that you know yeah. have a track record of two three years. It's at a discount, yeah. uh, and maybe won't we won't make as much. It's not as much of a reward, but you know it's 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 a lot less risky a, a strategy. And so we're seeing so oh. many of these new projects. Yeah, uh, these these really tiny, you know, just trying to do something, um, just completely get run over because there's just no funds, uh, uh, very very little funds for them, and if it's going to come to them, it's going to come to them at a at a massive premium. Uh, yeah, you know, and so this is this is sort of happening industry wide. So I mean, I hope I hope it changes. It's certainly, uh, I think that everybody that has a token that's 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 public is. Um, is is hurting right now because it's uh, by yep. the way i heard a story uh, recently about it, it is crazy um a conspiracy theory that that the internet is just full of bots and nobody's real um <laughs> and i thought it was funny but but you know what's funny is that i really thought hey you know this actually might be true when it comes to crypto like it actually <laughs> might be more true because it seems like it's like everybody's disappeared like there's nobody in the room like all the groups um the telegram groups that are massively active there's almost no no activity in there, you know, and it's it, it's almost like there's a dead crypto industry uh, meme. So I, I wonder yeah. when it will come back. I, I, I hope it does. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think I think once, you know, credit starts being eased up a bit, you know, yeah. that then you'll have some more money, money um, yeah. flowing in. Exactly. And, think- and that and I and I do think that those cycles are are moving and shifting. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing we're seeing some of the financial change you know in in different places and and i believe that that will take some time before we see that shift though um it is it is true i think i think for us in in a way we put our head under the sand a little bit around some of the way that the financial uh industry is working because at the end of the day we think that the value that gets generated in the work is probably like at least in our case is is just been more it's more important to us than the um the value in the 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 prospecting for it it's not to say that this stuff isn't doesn't matter and and isn't part of the whole cycle it's just to say that at some point in time whether you're talking about it in the traditional finance or even in crypto we've We've just we've made the the world of the investment side of it almost more important than the actual building of value uh, underneath it, and and for me it just it helps us to stay grounded in the building of the va- the real value. Um, it, it you know I I I think one of the examples of this and and you know I, I hear this regularly from my my own partner is you know at some point at the time when most companies stopped giving out dividends and and told their investors what they needed to be looking for was a value gain something just dramatically shifted in the world of finance um and it stopped being about what was underlying the value in companies and what was underlying the value in human engineering and human coordination and collaboration and and i'd say that you know, for for us, we're, we are concerned with the areas of real value where 
food is being um, created, where energy is being created, where things that provide us the the connection, the the you know uh, shelter, all of those things. This is stuff that like at at at, a, at the core matters for every human being on the planet, and so I think. For, for this whole world of, of, of the crypto space, my biggest hopes is that we can evolve towards the creation of more and more real value. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, that's the optimum approach as well, because one can't really control these macroeconomic factors like, you know, Ukraine grain or, you know, war in Russia or Ukraine or whatever. But one can sort of focus on just, just, uh, just trotting along and building something substantial and then hoping that, you know, the price action follows and, and, and the market starts to pay attention once you know, once uh, once it starts picking up, uh, you know, sort of around around the world uh, on an industry wide level. Um, well, so, so sorry, go ahead. Just and and to add on, it's I don't I think it's more than hoping. I think it is designing for the right flows and the right mechanisms. It's not like when when we're talking about holo and holo fuel and hot converting into holo fuel. Holo fuel has a design that is intended to tie it to something that creates value that allows value to flow between people who have a need and people who have capacity. And that does matter. And those are the sorts of things that if we keep building with the value flows and the movements of goods and services that are meaningful, I think that we'll, we'll have value flows that are visible, that are, you know, a, a, something that people can tap into and be a part of, but that also are meaningful to the, 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 our, our lives. And, and I think that's really um, a critical design pattern that we're, we're, we're working towards. And we think that with Holochain, you can, you can build that design pattern more effectively than in a lot of other technologies. Uh, so, I mean, building, I think building for the real world uh, and building real world use cases is sort of the, the antidote to the criticism that blockchain has no use case, which, by the way, I still hear today. Uh, I still hear today that Web3 is, is, is just a fad. And it's, you know, it's crazy that people uh, tar um, crypto with the same with the same brush where, you know, let's say GoDaddy has. You know, GoDaddy has uh, a certain utility it provides, as in it hosts regular websites on regular servers, uh, and it charges you, you know, U.S. dollars. Uh, so there's, there's, if you were to transpose that business on onto crypto and essentially host, you know, decentralized, let's say, let's say decentralized websites, and then charge by a to, by a token, clearly there's a value there that is. Exactly, that, that has more in common with let's say GoDaddy's business than let's say the crypto market at large, right? Because there's some tokens right. that have no utility. So, but but it's still funny that you know you, you don't see these companies correlate with like companies in the Web two world. They correlate with like Web three companies in general, which I think is sort of one of the 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 dangers of the market because it it, it means that you know go ahead. But I mean, this, you see the same thing in the traditional market too. When 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 the when the top one hundred um, go up, then uh, you know the the thousands below them also go up and down. I mean, this is not a surprising thing. Uh, and when you see the industries, I agree that the dynamic that you're talking about between the, the the traditional financial market and the crypto market, you you don't see the connections at an industry level as much as you see at the market level uh, related to crypto. Right. But I do think that has something to do with the tokenomics. Um, and and the the design of the systems themselves, um, and and this is one of those things. You know, right now we're using an Ethereum based token as the placeholder for Holofuel, but when we move into to the Holo system, the Holo hosting being an active um, project, that that connection becomes more tenuous because Hot becomes less. It becomes more about the reference to the holo fuel and the hosting than it does about the reference to the the system that it's, it's in. So maybe it's when, yeah. So then at that point we might be seeing like the shift of what you're talking about in terms of relating it more to the other industries. So you mean when it moves from being, you know, a trade uh, like a, an asset that's just being traded to an asset that's being used within the system within an uh, exactly actual utility. 
Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so, so we just have a couple more questions because we're toward the end. So I just sort of wanted to get your overall thoughts on where you see the future of Web3 and crypto going. And then also, you know, more personally about your personal philosophy, like what keeps you going in this industry. So because I think for us, um, for, for, for entrepreneurs in this space, we, we're just constantly trying to find uh, like our own challenges to motivate us to say, okay, mm-hmm. like now, now this is what we will. If we get this, uh, then it will prove, you know, we're we're somewhere. And then you almost have to make your own parameters because mm-hmm. there's no parameters pre-made. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm not. I'm a little curious myself where where everything will go. Obviously, you know, some folks are looking at AI and the, like the connection between how, how will AI affect the, this industry? We, you know, I think machine learning uh, by itself is, is something that is having massive effects and will continue to have that. But I think that at a distributed level, I, I think we'll see an, an even larger opportunity to a degree, but, but we don't, we don't have the systems in place and the, the mechanisms there yet. So I think that's one, one area that, that we might see some growth in the coming years. I think, that I'm uncertain about where all of the the different types of crypto projects will go in terms of Web3, whether you're talking about metaverse type projects, whether you're talking about some of the NFT projects. I think NFTs are like the the the, the ups and downs of the market has actually created a, a really interesting opportunity for NFTs just to, to really be grounded in specific use cases. As you've been saying, those things that find a usability um well, of course, with non-fungible tokens, there there is fundamental usability, um, and I think those are starting to really come to the fray. And they may not have as much drama or 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 like, you know, uh, hype as as some of the the early stuff did. But I, I think those will really evolve, and I'm excited to be, um, you know, connected to some of the, the the folks who are building that. Whether whether it is in the space of you know, museum and archiving and other things like that, or, you know, in collectibles, or also in, in the space of like, well, what are real, real assets that, that need, you know, a, a different form, a digital form of representation. So I think that that's happening and that's happening kind of under the hood in a lot of ways without a lot of drama. And I think that's really great. Um, in, in the other spaces, like for, for me uh, personally, I, I am, I'm just ready for the usability shift in peer to peer to happen. And I think that part of part of what I'm up to, part of what I'm interested in is this be, being a con- contributor to the transition here. Like that 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 is the ultimate need for adoption around things being more distributed, things not being dependent on intermediaries. And don't get me wrong, I think there's a place for some centralized services and I think there's a place for completely distributed things. I want a society that functions and I think what's happened is that we've only had the option for everything to have intermediaries and decision makers in the middle uh, for us. And so I'm, I'm wanting to, to really be um, at cause in shifting the potential uh, for a society that is, is designed and operating just a little bit differently with a little more agency and a little bit more small group mutuality and trust. And it's interesting because I'll, I'll say this, like one of the things that never really um, caught my imagination around crypto was this idea of trustlessness. Um, and I understand it at the technical level of what's being said, but for me, I'm, I'm far more interested in building communities of trust, not building um, like circles of trustlessness, if that makes sense, because that's what's going right. to give a life that that is worth living for me. So um, anyway, that's that's a little bit around my purpose and future and what I imagine. Well, I think it also helps build community, right? Like when you're because exactly. trust is sort of central to any any community. Uh, and actually, I, 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 I wish I had got into NFTs before you mentioned it just now, and, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it all, you know, show. We we also, uh, my co-founder, Nadia, has has a show, uh, host uh, the Future NFTs podcast mm. uh, for, yep. for Adlunum as well. And we, we have talked to, like, so many projects that have really real-world use cases of NFTs. And I think almost that's where, like some of the biggest innovation is happening. I mean, it's surprisingly, you wouldn't think that because so much of your NFTs have been for 
focus on the design-based NFTs and these hype cycle-based uh, communities yep. like like crypto apes and stuff. And then only now has sort of like the more utility-focused NFTs um, exactly uh, gotten some interest. But since we're at the end of this, I'm curious. Do you have any you know closing thoughts uh, uh, to, to share? And uh, you know, we'll we'll um, uh, say some final words then, perhaps. Um. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I just, I, I think, I think I, I like ending with community. We, you, uh, we started a little bit, you know, and then we started tech and moved it right into community. Right. I just want to say that, you know, this, this world, the work that we do, it, like we said, it, the, some of the biggest challenges have been with the, the, you know, generating and working with a community while we're still in development. And yet some of the greatest um, benefits that we have are the amazing people uh, that are out there that we just keep to keep getting to interact with on, on a daily and, and weekly basis. So I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been out there working on this, supporting us, and um, seeing the possibility and uh, you know making it come come alive and be real. Uh, for sure, I definitely think, like I mentioned earlier. I think we lost you on your mute. Yes, I was muted. But what I was saying is, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I said, um, when you think about Holochain, pretty much the first thing I think about is community. So I'm, I'm glad we're ending on, on, on that note. Um, so definitely give, out, give a shout out to the Holochain community. If you're not part of the Holochain community, definitely follow uh, Holochain, the work that they're doing. I really think it's, um, it, it, it's going to be revolutionary. Also, follow our speaker, please, uh, Mary Camacho. Mary, by the way, it's been amazing having you on. It's been extremely you know, enlightening. I love learning more about um, Holochain. Uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning in. Uh, we'll uh, do this again in a couple of weeks. We're diving into crypto. Thank you so much. Uh, everybody ha have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn platform with a proof of attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 